All right, welcome everybody. It's been a long time since we've been on the air. We are Wagers Ragers. I'm your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. Joining me as always from the lovely state of New Jersey as well. I'm in New Jersey. John, the hedgehog, Donnet. John, how are we doing? <laughs> doing great, J.T. I got to tell you, man, it feels really good to be back talking to you. On week one of the 2021 NFL season, we had football back on Thursday night. We had a great entertaining game, and it just it feels really good, especially with all the craziness of the last now two years uh, that we've been dealing with, to have some fun uh, and some football to look forward to. So I'm excited to get it going again. Yeah, and fans in the stands. I mean, that stadium down in Tampa was packed. Um you know, hopefully everybody was vaccinated. Uh, but it, it just, it looked great to have stadiums full, football back. Um, I put down two prop bets that uh, on Thursday night, I had Brady over two and a half touchdowns, hit that. I had uh, CeeDee Lamb over five and a half receptions, hit that. So I was pretty happy with uh, the outcome on, on Thursday night. You know, I used to root against Tom Brady, being a Jets fan when he was up in New England, but uh, you know I don't have a, a a dog in the race, sort of speak, when it's Tampa versus Dallas. So I was pretty happy with the outcome on Thursday night. John, how'd you do on Thursday? Pretty well. Uh, didn't go crazy, but uh, nailed a couple of bets. I mean, one of the things that I really like for this year is Ceedee Lamb. I'm sort of predicting a, a a big breakout year for him. Out of the gates as a rookie last year, he looked like he was going to be sensational. Had a pretty good year, but losing his quarterback in week one obviously was um, a big detriment as far as him having a good season last year. So this this year, I took C.D. Lamb catches any yards in the first game, hit both of those, uh, hit the Gronk anytime touchdown, and a Gio Bernard over on catches. Um, missed on a FanDuel odds boost, Tom Brady 300 yards passing and a Mike Evans touchdown, because I didn't get the Mike Evans touchdown, but overall it was a pretty good uh, week. That's gambling for you. Yeah, I took uh, C.D. Lamb in our fantasy league this year as my top wide receiver, because, you know, all the hype about him this year is that he's going to have a breakout year and just a phenomenal year. I mean, Dak Prescott threw for over 400 yards against Tampa Bay on, in week one. So I'm looking forward to uh, C.D. Lamb having a good week. I mean, a good year. So let's move on. So as everybody knows, I'm a Jet fan. John is an Eagles fan. So first game up, Jets at Carolina. The uh, Sam Darnold revenge game, if you want to call it that. Sam Darnold, who captained the ship for the Jets over the last uh, couple of years. Didn't really work out with him. He went, uh, you know, he was under Adam Gase. So it wasn't surprising that he didn't do well since he was probably the second worst quarterback in Jets history, right behind Richie Kotite, uh, could be the first, could be at top of the list. Uh, it's a really a, a tough call between who was the worst head coach for the New York Jets. But he's now landed in Carolina. He's starting quarterback there, and he's reunited with Robbie Anderson, who he uh, had as his wide receiver in New York for two years. So I expect Sam Darnold to turn his career around down in Carolina. On the other side, we have Zach Wilson, number two pick in the draft this year. And 
people are really hyping up Zach Wilson. I mean, even Tony Romo has said that he's going to turn this franchise around. Um, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, we haven't had a, a great quarterback since Joe Namath, and that was, you know, sort of predated me uh, back in 1969 when the Jets won their only Super Bowl. We have a rookie head coach in Rob Salah, who came over from San Francisco, was their defensive coordinator and had lots of success in San Francisco. And uh, Matt Rule, who's the second year head coach at Carolina. Uh, Carolina seems pretty loaded on offense. I mean, we'll see what, how Sam Darnold does on at quarterback, but with Christian McCaffrey in the, in the backfield, I mean, he's probably hands down the number one pick in every single fantasy league. Uh, he can run the ball. He, he's, uh, you know, always top with receptions and yards. He's just an all-around uh, weapon on offense. I think the Jets are going to have real problems with him, especially given the fact that their defensive end, Carl Lawson, went down for the year uh, with an Achilles injury. Question marks at the cornerback positions for the Jets. They cut our very own Bless Austin, Rutgers University cornerback, uh, who had a pretty decent year for the Jets last year, but he got cut. Uh, he ended up in Seattle, so good luck to Bless. Hopefully he has a good year. But the, uh, the cornerback position for the Jets is going to be a real question mark. It looks like they might be starting a rookie on one side. So I think Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are going to have big games uh, on Sunday. Um, for the Jet, on the other side of the ball for the Jets, Jets drafted Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, uh, who A.J. Brown, his former teammate and Tennessee wide receiver, thinks he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year, and he would bet his paycheck on it. You know, we'll see. He's got a lot of talent, and hopefully uh, Zach Wilson is the real deal, and Elijah Moore has a good season this year. Uh, Panthers' D-line just looks absolutely formidable this year, and they're going to give the Jets' line, offensive line everything they can handle. Brian Burns runs that defensive line. He's an edge rusher. Um, they picked up Hassan Reddick from Arizona, who had 12 sacks last year, and on the inside they have defensive tackle da uh, Daquan Jones. So I think the, the Jets uh, running offense led by Tevin Coleman are going to have a lot of a hard time picking up yards against that defensive line. And, and that offensive line better protect Zach Wilson or else it's going to be a long day for him. Unfortunately, Jamison Crowder, that safety net for the Jets last year and probably the safety net for Zach Wilson this year out of the slot is not going to be playing today uh, because he tested positive for COVID. So the line in this game is Carolina giving four over unders 45. As much as I want to bet with my heart here, uh, I just think that given the, a rookie quarterback, uh, this defensive line of Carolina and the Christian McCaffrey factor, I'm going to lay the four with Carolina and take the Panthers in this game. Uh, probably not going to actually bet it because I don't really feel that strong about it. Problem, but if I had to bet it, I'm taking Carolina laying the four points. Two player prop bets I like in this game. Robbie Anderson reunited with Sam Darnold. I'm going over 51 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And, you know, I, I think, I think uh, Zach Wilson's going to have a pretty decent game, and that yardage number on DraftKings is low, 232 and a half uh, passing yards. Given that I don't feel that the running game is going to do a whole lot for the Jets, I think Zach Wilson's going to have to pass the ball. So I'm going to take the over 232 and a half uh, passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings for Zach Wilson. John, any thoughts on this game? 
Yeah, listen, I think things are looking up for Jets fans. I'm happy that you guys got a, a, a new coach in there. I know you were excited about uh, Coach Salah. We'll see how good Zach Wilson can really be. As far as any additional props I'd throw out there, I kind of like this one. Tell me, tell me what you think about this. Corey Davis, over four and a half catches, plus 110 on DraftKings. He actually averaged just over this number last year. Heard some good reports about Corey Davis's rapport with um, Zach Wilson during training camp. So I could see that carrying over. And if you're right, you know, the Panthers at home, uh, pretty loaded on offense. If uh, Zach Wilson does have to throw, does have to throw the ball a lot, I could see him going to Corey Davis multiple times and hitting this prop before the game is over. Yeah. I mean, Corey Davis is, is, is uh, set on the uh, depth chart as a number one receiver. So I do like that bet. Um, the, you know, four and a half receptions is not a lot. And if Zach Wilson does have to throw the ball a lot with no Jamison Crowder, especially, yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good uh, prop bet. So I do like that one. All right, John, talk to us. Eagles, Falcons, go. All right. This is a little something I like to call hope springs eternal. My Philadelphia Eagles had a, just a horrendous year last year, um, decimated by injuries. The Carson Wentz era came to an unceremonious end, but all was not entirely lost because um, about a year and a half ago when the Eagles took Jalen Hurts in the second round of the draft, I was absolutely stupefied. I, I couldn't understand you know, why they would do that with Carson Wentz you know, still entrenched at that time as the number one quarterback. Flash forward to now, and I'm all hurtsed up. I got my Jalen Hurts jersey. Um, I am very excited to see what he does this year. And frankly, I don't think he's getting enough credit for what he did. As a rookie quarterback in a pandemic, you know, affected year where they had, you know, basically like hardly any real preseason that you would think about it traditionally, he came in and in the four games that he played last year, there was nothing that told me that he couldn't be an NFL quarterback. I mean, as a rookie to come in and to play the way he did, he lit it up against Arizona and New Orleans. And when the Eagles beat New Orleans with Hertz as their starting quarterback, at the time, New Orleans was like the number one team in the conference. So I'm very excited about Jalen Hurts. Uh, they are traveling to Atlanta for week one. And Atlanta is favored by three and a half on DraftKings at minus 105. If you take the points, get the Eagles, it's minus 115. It's only three points. Uh, on FanDuel. <clears throat> the trends are not in the Eagles' favor here. Historically, okay, Eagles are 17, 14, and 1 against the Falcons. However, Eagles are 0-6 in the last six. Excuse me. Falcons are 3-0 three, three and 0 at home against the Eagles in their last three uh, at home. Eagles' money line is plus 160. But, you know, this is the first game of the year. So there are a lot of question marks as to how things will actually shake out when teams step on the field for the first time. So I sort of look at how did the teams do last year and what changed from last year to this year? Well, by record, these were the two worst teams in the NFC. And I really don't think the Falcons got better on offense. You know, their, their losses are obvious. You lose Julio Jones, who's a future hall of famer. I love me some Julio. They also lost their starting center, Alex Mack on defense. They lost Ke Keanu Neal, DeMonte Casey, and others, and not a whole lot in the way of additions. Uh, Falcons didn't have a great running game last year. They add Mike Davis, who I guess 
my review of Mike Davis as a player would be he's fine. He's okay. It's not anything that <clears throat> scares you at all. Uh, the guy they took in the draft, Javion Hawkins, they ended up cutting him. He signed with Tennessee. On the other side, I think the Eagles are going to benefit uh, as far as their additions go from last year to this year. And a lot of their additions are just addition by addition. What I mean by that is the Eagles were absolutely decimated by injuries last year. And a lot of those guys are healthy, specifically on the offensive line. Jordan Maialata, the Australian former rugby player, six foot eight, incredibly athletic, is entrenched now as the starting left tackle. The entire offensive line is healthy. So I feel really good about that. Uh, that was something that the Eagles did not have all of last year. Then they add in first round pick, Devontae Smith. And Zach Ertz, you know, who's going to be going to have his jersey retired in Philadelphia one day, caught the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You may remember that. Uh, he's actually still with the team. We thought he'd be gone. So that tight end room is stacked as well. And on defense, they're healthy all across the defensive line. And this is really big. Their secondary was really porous last year, um, but they still have solid Darius Slay on one side. And then on the other side, they added Steven Nelson. I think this was a very, you know, under the radar signing by the Eagles. That's really going to bolster their secondary. So overall, maybe I'm just an optimistic Eagles fan. I think the Eagles come into Atlanta and win this game outright, win it outright. I'll take the Eagles and the three and a half on DraftKings minus 115. Also give me the Eagles money line at plus 160. Now, moving on to some props that I like in the game. I'm going to stick with my man, Jalen Hurts. Hurts so good. I got Jalen Hurts rushing yards a couple of days ago at 39 and a half. Uh, it's up significantly now. People must have been thinking the same way I did. Um, because now it's up to 48 and a half yards on DraftKings, 49 and a half on FanDuel. Another little side lesson there is it makes sense to, if you can to check uh, the prop boards early because those numbers shift a lot as the week goes on. However, even at that 48 and a half number, that was something that Jalen Hurts hit in three of his four starts. And in that fourth start, he still had 34 yards rushing against a very stout Washington defense. And he didn't even finish the game. So I'll take Jalen Hurts over the 48 and a half rushing yards on DraftKings. I also like Jalen Hurts over 240.5 uh, yards passing. That's minus 114 on FanDuel. Uh, it's 241.5 on DraftKings. So if you prop shop, check them both. You get yourself, you buy yourself a yard by going to DraftKings. This was a number that Jalen Hurts hit in three out of four games last year in 2020. And I think he can hit it again, especially when you, you talk about adding in Devontae Smith um, and playing behind a better offensive line. Uh, so give me Jalen Hurts passing yards. Give me Jalen Hurts rushing yards and a couple of anytime touchdowns. I like Kyle Pitts. Um, probably the biggest addition that the, the Falcons made this year, the tight end out of Florida, who looks to be a potential rookie sensation. I know I fell in love with this guy. Uh, I've got him on like eight different fantasy teams. If you look on FanDuel, uh, anytime touchdown Kyle Pitts is plus 175. It's only plus 130. Excuse me. It's plus 175 on 
FanDuel, it's only plus 130 on DraftKings. So make sure that you prop shop, check out both sites. I could see the Falcons featuring Kyle Pitts, especially if they get down into the red zone. Last one, if you want a shot in the dark pick, anytime touchdown, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside plus 1,500 on DraftKings. Um, obviously, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is most famous for being the Eagles' second-round pick over D.K. Metcalf, um, much to the chagrin of Eagles fans like myself. There was some question as to whether or not he would even make the team this year. He did make the team. Um, there's been a, a, some good buzz about him uh, during camp, and I just think that I could see the Eagles um, – you know, I could see Jalen Hurts tossing him fade if they get down near the red zone or something like that, um, just as a, as a way to, to prop up his confidence or something like that. But again, this is not the kind of thing you go nuts on, drop a ton of money on. This is a shot in the dark pick, but at plus 1,500 odds, even if you drop five bucks on it, if you win, 75 bucks. If you lose, so what? It was a shot in the dark anyway. So that's what I like. I like the Eagles on the road getting three and a half. I'd like the Eagles money line at plus 160. I'll take Jalen Hurts rushing yards. I'll take Jalen Hurts passing yards. Kyle Pitts anytime touchdown. And the shot in the dark pick is the J-Jaw anytime touchdown of plus 1,500. One more thing I'll add on, on the Jalen Hurts props. Another reason why I like them is that I think uh, an, Atlanta, an Atlanta Falcons defense, which wasn't great last year to begin with, you know, you add in those losses, DeMonte KZ, Keanu Neal, and, and not a lot of additions. I, I just see Hurts hitting both of those props, JT. Any thoughts from you on my picks on the Eagles game? I mean, way to bet with your heart on this one. Money line, road dog. I'm sorry, road, road dog, money right. line uh, in Atlanta. I'm sorry, man. I'm going the other way with this one. Uh, I mean, I'm going to stay away from it and not bet it because I don't like that half a point on there. I, don't, I think both teams are probably going to be pretty bad this season. Uh, right down there at the bottom of the NFL with the New York Jets. So I'm going to stay away from it, but I, I can't I can't take the Eagles on the road uh, money line. I mean, maybe getting the three and a half points. I can see this being relatively cl close game of two bad teams. What I do like is I like that Jalen Hurts prop of over 48 and a half rushing yards. Um, that's what I really like. I think he's going to be running the ball a lot today. And I don't think 48 and a half rushing yards for a quarterback like Jalen Hurts is a lot to get. The other two props I like in this game, much like you, I love Pitts. I mean, that was just such a great draft pick. He's, a, he's like a, you know, a one in a hundred years uh, talent could be a wide receiver have him a tight end he's just a beast and uh i like over four and a half receptions for pits in this game and the other prop i like is the heisman trophy winner Devonte smith over three and a half receptions i don't think that that's a lot uh for him to uh to get in this game and you know it's kind of like that old Alabama hookup when Jalen Hurts was at Alabama before he went to Oklahoma. So I like Jalen Hurts to Devontae Smith uh, over three and a half receptions. And uh, those are my thoughts on the Eagles Falcons game. Any last words, John? No, I, I like where your head's at on all of them, uh, except that, yep, I probably am betting with my heart here. But I will tell you this I forget the exact stat, but it was something like in the last 
15 years, I believe it was, that the, the Eagles, after a losing season, like four or five times in a row, came back with a winning season the next year. I like your Devontae Smith prop. Another thing I would say is that I could see with new coach uh, Nick Sirianni uh, calling the plays here, uh, Devontae Smith running a lot of short routes. He's known to be an excellent route runner. I could see him running a lot of short patterns and Jalen Hurts looking his way early and often, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And I think that could lead to a lot of catches and hitting that prop. All right, sounds good. So I am going with probably the um, most interesting game Probably the, if you're an NFL fan, this is the game that you have gotten all excited for. That's right. Jacksonville at Houston. <laughs> uh, all right. So in reality, why am I interested in this game? I'm actually interested in this game because I want to see how Urban Meyer translates to the NFL. I want to see uh, how Trevor Lawrence, you know, the... Wonder Kid, the one-in-a-lifetime talented quarterback, um, you know, Heisman Trophy winner out of Clemson. You know, I want to see how he translates to the NFL. He had a bit of a shaky preseason, but honestly, I never put any stock in the preseason. So I think he's going to do well under Urban Meyer. I mean, this is the only reason why Urban Meyer decided to coach the Jaguars is because of Trevor Lawrence. So I'm really interested to see how this works out for both of them. Uh, Houston, hands down, probably any prognosticator you talk to says they are going to be the absolute worst team in the NFL. Um, their defense last year was 30th in yards allowed, and they released J.J. Watt and replaced him with no one. So, I mean, they're going to be historically bad, Houston. They could be up there with um, the 0-16 Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, the Jets under Kotite when they won one game. I mean, it's going to be a long season for Houston, and I feel really bad for Houston fans. Jacksonville comes into Houston, and they are actually a road favorite. Uh, minus three, under over is 46. Both coaches this year are first-year coaches. Um, David Culley is going to be the head coach of Houston, and honestly, I don't know a whole lot about him. But Urban Meyer has a long and storied career in college, always been a winner wherever he's gone. And I anticipate that he's going to be able to turn this Jacksonville franchise around after a, a really terrible season last year. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is front and center. In this game, he probably will be in every single Jacksonville game that they play. I mean, he's, he's got a lot to live up to. Uh, and he's been highly touted as the savior of this Jacksonville franchise. So we'll see how he does in week one. On the other side, with Deshaun Watson's legal troubles, he's actually third on the depth chart for Houston. And I can't imagine him seeing the field this year. So captaining the ship for Houston is going to be Tyrod Taylor. And if everybody remembers last year, he started the season for the Chargers. And after getting a uh, pain-killing uh, injection into his lung, he was sidelined, and the emergence of Justin Herbert uh, was as a result of Tyrod Taylor's misfortune. But he gets a he gets a uh, you know the, a a second wind, a uh, a new lease on life, so to speak, captaining the uh, Houston Texans. Although he doesn't really have a whole lot to work with, um, Mark Ingram, who was essentially a uh, forgotten soul in Baltimore, is 
going to be the lead running back for Houston, which doesn't really say a lot about their, their offense and their receivers are Brandon cooks. Who's okay. Um, and Chris Connolly, but again, it's not nothing really to write home about. Thankfully, uh, Tyrod Taylor has Laramie Tunsil on the left tackle spot, who is an all pro tackle. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the only good thing they have going on offense. For for Jacksonville, they have pretty decent defensive uh, secondary with Shaquille Griffin and C.J. Henderson at the cornerback position. So I expect them to play very well against this Houston uh, second-rate offense. Um, so, you know, other than my interest in Urban Meyer and, and Trevor Lawrence, I'm hoping that uh, – Jacksonville turns their season around, their, their, their franchise around and has a good year this year. They have a pretty decent offense with uh, James Robinson at running back, DJ Chark and Marvin Jones as receivers who should hopefully help out Trevor Lawrence and, and he'll have a pretty decent game. So I'm taking the Jags. I'm laying the three points. I think they're going to destroy Houston. I know that's, uh, you know, saying a lot considering the season that the Jacksonville Jaguars had last year, but that think the Texans are just going to be awful. So I'm laying the three points and taking Jacksonville in this game. Three props I like. I like DJ Chark over three and a half receptions, minus 135 on DraftKings. I also like Chark over receiving yards, 45 and a half, minus 115 on DraftKings. And lastly, Robinson over 67 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Those are my three props, all Jacksonville props. I can't do anything with Houston because I don't know what they're going to do this year other than lose a lot and get killed in every single game. So those are my thoughts on the Jags Texans game. I don't know, John, if you even looked at this game. I mean, most people are probably not other than looking to see how Trevor Lawrence is going to do, but if you have any thoughts, give them to me. Ooh, man. Oh, baby. Are you kidding me? Everybody's ready for this one. This is game of the year right here. You think They might flex this to the Monday night game. I think, um, no, I mean, Houston might be a historically bad team I think this year I mean that the whole situation is just a mess I mean I've got Deshaun Watson on one of my dynasty teams he's basically untradeable at this point um and I don't know part of me doesn't even really want him on my dynasty team either he's not going to play this year um that team is just a complete mess how many times this year is Jacksonville going to be a road favorite this is going to be it right here. Um, I will say that a prop or two I might throw out there, a couple of anytime touchdowns, not quite shots in the dark, but close. Carlos Hyde at plus 330 to score anytime. And the reason why I say that is it sort of looks like Urban Meyer um, is going to commit to, to giving Carlos Hyde touches and carries. So I could see if they get close to the goal line, Carlos Hyde getting a goal line touch. And then I kind of wish the juice was a little bit better on it, but Jacksonville Jaguars defense to score plus 380. That Texans offense just looks like such a complete mess to me. It would not surprise me at all if you see a pick or a fumble return for a touchdown. A little bit of a shot in the dark there, but I could totally see it happening. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I could totally see Jacksonville's defense scoring as well. I think uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to have a long day as well as the rest of that Houston offense. All right, John. Who's your second game? All right. I did actually take the Monday night game as my second game. And that is the Baltimore Ravens traveling to bright lights, big city, Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Um, 
the Raiders are getting four points at home. Um, and, you know, Baltimore, you know, again, had another great year last year. Uh, Coach John Harbaugh has taken them through several different iterations of that team. They almost always have a really good defense. Of course, now they've got the enigmatic Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Um, if you take a look at how the, the, the Raiders have, you know, done as far as their, their additions and whatnot since last year, it's not a great story for them. Uh, they've got some very key losses here. Number one on defense, they lost Matthew Judon to free agency. They just lost starting quarterback Marcus Peters to a torn ACL. And uh, everybody's probably heard about their, their running back issues. It's, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a running back injury run like this before uh, in my football fandom career. They lost J.K. Dobbins, who a lot of people were excited about seeing him in his second year, possibly, you know, really taking it to the next level. They lost him for the year with a knee injury. Then our own, you know, get on the bus, the double E, Gus Bus, Gus Edwards from Rutgers, uh, was primed to be the starter at that point. They lost him for the year. They even lost their third stringer, Justice Hill. He's out for the year. So now it looks like the Baltimore Ravens starting running back is Tyshawn Wallace. And, you know, there's a hodgepodge of guys behind him. The Ravens signed, I believe, Le'Veon Pell and Deont, uh, Devontae Freeman to their practice squad. And just yesterday came to terms in a one-year deal with Latavius Murray. Um, you know, long-term, I kind of feel like Murray will probably end up being the, the guy there, especially since he just came out of New Orleans camp, uh, is in shape and is ready to go. But for the first game, it looks like Tyshawn Wallace will probably get the lion's share of the, ca the carries. But I don't know, those losses, I think, really hurt the Ravens, especially since we're, they're really dealing with these losses on the fly. Um, the Raiders, on the other hand, I'm expecting that crowd to be absolutely juiced for the first game of the year, Monday night football at home. Uh, last year against the spread, Raiders were, you know, 50-50. They were 8-8 eight eight against the spread last year, but 5-4 and four as an underdog. And the Raiders were 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five week one games and six and one against the spread in their last seven games on Monday night football. Somehow the Raiders just come to play when the lights are on. I'm going to take the Raiders here as a home dog getting four points. I could see them keeping it close. I think the, the losses in free agency and by way of injury you know, especially, again, considering that the Marcus Peters injury, the Gus Edwards injury, those things have all happened in the last few days. I think it's going to be tough for Baltimore to, to overcome that, travel all the way west, and then win this game by more than four points. So I'm taking the Raiders getting the four points here as a bit of a surprise pick. I think the Raiders are going to have a lot of juice on, on a Monday night and will at least keep it close uh, if they don't come away with the win. There are a couple of props that I really like a lot. The first one, my main man, Darren Waller. Darren Waller had an absolute beast of a season last year. And his receiving yards prop on DraftKings is 67 and a half at minus 115. You get five more yards bet to your benefit on DraftKings. On FanDuel, the receiving prop is 72 and a half for Waller. Um, I love that prop for Darren Waller. Uh, last year, Waller either would have beat this prop or scored a touchdown in 11 out of uh, 16 games. Overall, he averaged averaged 74.75 yards receiving a game last year. 
Darren Waller is the number one receiver in Vegas. He's their version of, of Travis Kelsey. So I love that receiving prop. I also love Lamar Jackson rushing. His rushing prop right now is 68 and a half yards on DraftKings. He would have hit this uh, seven times last year. And I, I just feel like the Ravens are going to have to rely on Lamar Jackson's legs even more than, than they normally would because of those injuries uh, to their backfield. So I'm expecting a lot of Lamar Jackson. I'm expecting a lot of Darren Waller. Uh, I'm not expecting a Baltimore blowout. So all of those things taken together, give me the Raiders getting four at home. Give me Darren Waller, the over on receiving yards, uh, which is, oh, actually it's up to 68 and a half now on DraftKings. It looks like seven and a, 70 and a half on FanDuel. Uh, and, oh, excuse me. No, that's the Lamar Jackson's rushing. Lamar Jackson rushing is over 68 and a half on DraftKings and is 70 and a half on FanDuel. So, Again, Raiders getting four at home. Uh, Darren Waller, 67 and a half receiving yards over Lamar Jackson, 68 and a half rushing yards over. What say you, JT? Yeah, I, I like the Raiders in this game too. Uh, getting points at home, uh, home opener, crowd just going ballistic uh, in Vegas. I, Baltimore decimated by injuries. I, I like, I like uh, the Vegas Raiders getting points at home. Uh, especially four points. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Las Vegas might even win this game outright and uh, the money line might be very intriguing in this game. A couple of props. Uh, I like Josh Jacobs over 13 and a half rushing attempts. I don't think that's a whole lot for him. He's the lead back for Vegas. Uh, so I like over 13 and a half rushing attempts for Jacobs. Also on the rushing attempt side, Lamar Jackson over 11 and a half rushing attempts with his 68 and a half rushing yard uh, over under uh, 11 and a half rushing attempts. I don't think is too much for him to uh, accomplish in this game. It's minus 120 on DraftKings. A little sneaky uh, prop here. And I, I, I never noticed this before, but maybe just because it's Lamar Jackson over 284 and a half rushing and passing yards combined. I think he's going to have a big day on the ground and he's going to have to throw the ball as well. So 284.5 total between passing and rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I like that prop as well. Any last words on this game, John? No, I just think it'll be an exciting uh, <clears throat> game to watch on Monday Night Football. I agree with everything that you said there. Uh, for the same reasons that I love Lamar Jackson rushing yards, I think the attempts make a lot of sense as well. I got a couple of bonus props here real quick. The Chiefs minus five and a half at home against Cleveland. I think the Chiefs win by double digits here. So I like the Chiefs giving the points there. Joe Burrow pass attempts, 34 and a half on DraftKings. Um, he averaged in the games he started last year, he averaged 40.4 attempts. Uh, he hit the over on his attempts prop last year, nine times out of, I think, 11 games. Uh, I Joe Burrow is going to continue to throw the ball. That's what he does. And I think he's probably going to throw a lot more short passes, get the ball out of his hands. I see him beating that prop. Russell Wilson rushing 24 and a half yards. I think Russ comes out of the gate swinging again this year. He would have beat 24 and a half rushing yards in four out of his last first six games last year. Excuse me. So I like those three bonus props as well. 
All right. So before we head into the uh, favorite part of the, the pod, our tracks of the week, I'm just going to throw out some some real quick college lines uh, since I am the college football savant. A game I've been looking at all week after watching Iowa just blow out Indiana last week. Um, Iowa goes into Iowa State. It's the Cy Hawk, as they say, rivalry between Iowa and Iowa State. Iowa State ranked number nine, Iowa ranked number 10. Uh, Iowa's getting four and a half points. I love Iowa in this game. So I'm going to lay the four and a half. I mean, I'm going to take the four and a half. I'm going to take the four and a half, and I'm going to take Iowa. And I think Iowa might win this game outright in Iowa State. Two other games, real quick. Texas against Arkansas. Texas goes into Arkansas. They are a road favorite, laying seven points. Texas looked pretty good in their uh, home opener with their new coach, uh, Sarkeesian. Arkansas had to battle back just to eke out a, a win last week. And so I like Texas laying the seven points against Arkansas. And lastly, I'm not quite sure what's up with this game. It's Appalachian, Appalachian State going into the University of Miami to play the Hurricanes. Miami is laying seven and a half points. And you think, okay, Appalachian State, this is the team that beat Michigan a number of years ago, but none of those players are still on that team. They're, they're a pretty decent, you know, small conference team, Appalachian State, but there's no way that Miami doesn't beat this team by at least 17 points. I know they lost to Alabama last week, but they still put up 13 points against that Alabama defense. And Alabama, I mean, they're just world class. Uh, so I'll take the Hurricanes laying the seven and a half points against at home against Appalachian State. So we move into the favorite part of the podcast, our tracks of the week. And I'm going old school since it's still the summer, talking Jersey Shore, talking uh, New York City club scene back in the late 90s. I'm going Every Day by Kim English. The Hex Hector and Mac Quail Club Mix. Just something to just chill to, move, groove, think about your your classic days uh, in the summer. So Kim English, my girl, every day. That's my track. track of the week jt kim english higher things one of my favorite tracks of all time i'm gonna go with a new track from an old school artist that's roland clark along with vintage culture their track that came out this summer free the extended mix i absolutely love this song there's definitely a whole vibe uh, with the song and the lyrics about you know being able to come back out 
after, you know, sort of being, you know, under the shelter of quarantine for so long. And I think that was sort of the design of the song. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think when the song came out, it, it wasn't envisioned that there would be a Delta variant that was would kind of be reining things a little bit back in. But it doesn't change the fact that it's a wonderful song. I love the message in the song of people sort of, you know, being able at some point to come back together and, and celebrate life. So that's my pick for track of the week. Free by Roland Clark and Vince Jones. times let's not forget that today is the 20th anniversary of september 11th so never forget um somber somber day but it's a, a day of uh resilience for this country and we got through it and we'll get through this pandemic that we're in right now um but always remember september 11th so that yeah. being said john any last words yeah, I, listen, I, I echo your words. That was one of the, the most, uh, you know, one of those times in your life that you can't believe actually happened. Um, and one of the darkest days that, that we've seen, but out of those dark days came some very positive things as far as people really coming together. So that's one of the things I think we can take as a lesson sort of moving forward is that, you know, we can, we can accomplish a lot more together. Uh, than we than we can uh, apart. So remembering the the people who lost their lives that day, remembering the people who who sort of went you know above and beyond to help others. Uh, that's what I'm going to take away on 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 this September 11th. So I echo your sentiments there. Uh, and then moving on from there, I know that's that'll be something on the the front of everyone's minds all weekend and going forward. Um, but beyond that, also just looking forward to a week one of the NFL season that I'm sure will be fun, man. Yeah. And that wraps up things for, for our uh, week one podcast of wagers, ragers, everybody out there. Good luck. May your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. We will see you next week. Week two. Good luck, everybody. Later. Later.